Welcome to the Inclusive Growth Show with Toby Milden. Future-proofing your business by creating a diverse workplace. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Inclusive Growth Show. I'm Toby Milden, your host for this episode. And I'm joined by a fantastic guest today. His name is Ben Brown. He's Head of Engineering Europe for Intuit QuickBooks. And I interviewed Ben in my book, Inclusive Growth, where we talk about colleague experience and design. Intuit have a really great program at the organization in terms of inclusive design that they apply for their customers and also internally within their workforce, which Ben is going to talk to us about today. So Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Toby. Could you give a bit more of an introduction about how you got into your your current role? Yeah, certainly. So I've been uh, in engineering since I graduated around about 13, 14 years ago. I moved into kind of engineering management probably around about eight years ago and joined Intuit back in January 2019 to help launch the QuickBooks product in UK and France and to help grow the teams in the European region. Thanks. So why do you think that businesses need to take a much more of a, a human-centered approach to DNI? And, you know, for one thing, I really love how this actually started at a kitchen table for your business. Yeah, it certainly did. Yeah, I think, first of all, I guess from an Intuit perspective, we need to look at some of the, the kind of principles that we work with. So, Intuit is a company that that kind of works off what we call a true north goal of of kind of employees first, and that's you know leads to this idea that happy employees make happy customers, which in the end makes happy shareholders, which I think is a often kind of one of the values that's touted by many of the Virgin brand companies. Now, I think you know the really important thing for me is that first of all, DNI is a uh, it's a human problem. It's a human challenge, if you like. So why do we need to be human-centered? Well, really, we've got to kind of look at more of a data-driven rather than an opinion-driven approach, which is something that I know a lot of companies have kind of made popular over the last kind of 10, 15 years. So really, making it human-centered to me means going and looking at, going and actually interviewing, talking to, asking questions to people rather than just kind of acting on assumptions or or kind of acting on opinions which doesn't give you that same level of certainty around what you're doing. And I mentioned how this all started at a, a kitchen table. Can, can, you, can you share with us that story about how Intuit became such a, a human-centered organization from, from a kitchen table? Yeah, our, our founder was uh, a guy called Scott Cook, who back in uh, the mid-1980s, he, uh, he, was, he kind of noticed that his wife was having problems balancing her checkbook and he really kind of identified there a, a kind of a true customer problem to solve. And that led him to think, well, you know, what could I do as, as somebody who likes solving problems? How could I make that better? So he observed his, his wife for a bit. He kind of uh, eventually led him to create the first piece of software that Intuit owned, which was a product called Quicken, which some of us may, uh, may remember from uh, kind of the CDs that came on the front of magazines back in the kind of 90s and 2000s. But that kind of continued throughout time as well. So as he, uh, you know, as he kind of launched the product, he then went into this idea of uh, what we, what he calls "follow me homes." So when in the early days of Quicken, they were really keen to understand why did customers love using the product, or, or what was it about the product that they really hated, and how could they make it better? Um, and one of the ways they decided at the time to try to to find out more. And, and bear in mind, we're back in the mid '80s here, so we didn't have uh, you know internet user groups or forums or kind of easy ways to reach out to people. 
was he kind of um, he kind of camped out in the uh, the shops that people were buying his software. And, and as somebody would go to buy the software, he would kind of go over and say, "Hey, look, I see you've uh, you know decided to buy Quicken. Can I uh, can I help you with that purchase? And can I understand a little bit more about what your uh, what you find good about the software? And could I even come and watch you at home and see exactly how you run your uh, you run your business?" And maybe that might help me to understand how the software could be better. So it was kind of this this general process. And now that's something we continue to follow at Intuit. Thirty five years later, we're we're still reminded that the the idea of follow me homes is the most important thing. And follow me homes very much are are not an interview. It's not going and asking questions. It's actually sitting there and watching that person run their business and then taking some observations from that and learning how we can make our products better on that behalf. Brilliant. I mean, so at QuickBooks into it. You, you have you have this program called Design for Delight. What is what is D4D? Sure. Yeah. So after after a few years, when uh, Scott Cook had kind of formed the company and things had got a little bit bigger, they decided to kind of make kind of codify this into a framework that we could use to to kind of solve other customer problems. Um, and they really created this this framework called D4D or Design for Delight. And Design for Delight is really the process we use that helps us to understand how do we go about solving customer problems. We actually combine it with another another process, something we call CDI or Customer Driven Innovation, which helps us to understand which problems to solve. But then D4D is much more kind of relevant to understand how we should go about solving that, that, that particular problem. And so D4D really, um, quite a simple process really, kind of consists of three different principles. The first principle being something called Deep Customer Empathy. So that goes back to what we've just talked about around the uh, kind of follow me homes and the kitchen table uh, example that our, that our founder did. The idea there being get more empathy with the people that are, are, are suffering with this problem, understand the problem and empathize with them a lot more, and then use that in order to try to come to, to kind of the next, the next stage, which is where we start to look at solutions. The second principle, um, something called go broad to go narrow. So this is, you know, what most people would probably understand as brainstorming. Go out there, think of as many ideas as possible, and then look at how we can start narrowing that down to some some ideas, which then leads us into the third principle, which is rapid experimentation with uh, with customers. So really, the idea here is, you know, one that most uh, kind of uh, tech companies have taken now. The more the more quickly you can get something to a customer's hands, and the more quickly you can test something, the more quickly you can learn about that and, and understand what's what works about that, what doesn't work about that, and, and and look to improve that even further. Now those three principles, pretty simple to to kind of implement, but then that becomes a cycle. So we then go back into more deep customer empathy. So once we've experimented, we learn more. We then can go broad and go narrow again, and then further experiments. That leads us into that kind of uh, um, rapid um, cycle of uh, of innovation. I think you know D for D. It's you know is what we call it at Intuit. Some people might have heard about Google talking about design thinking. Ultimately, whatever works for you. There's plenty of different uh, processes out there, but that you know what's more important is we can follow those kind of principles behind them. It's brilliant, and what I like about it is it, it's simplicity. It's three very simple principles that you that you can apply to your organization. I mean, so when when we were talking as part of writing your case study up for the book, D for D is something that you apply to both your customers, but also internally. How, how have you been applying D for D internally for your diversity and inclusion aspirations? Yeah, sure. Thank, thanks for uh, raising that, Toby. Yeah, it's certainly something we, we use to solve any problem, essentially, employee problems, customer problems, whoever, you know, whoever that happens to be. 
So I'll perhaps talk about a couple of examples today that I've uh, that I've shared with you in the past. I think the first example that's worth talking about is um, with one of our what we call employee relations groups. So Intuit has eleven employee relations groups, and these are groups that support diverse communities of of Intuit team members who are who share a common characteristic that are perhaps not supported or well understood by society. And the example I'd kind of like to share is one around our Pride ERG. Uh, which supports our LGBTQ employees. Now, um, our Pride ERG has actually got about 420 members, which is about 5% of our workforce. And what the um, what the kind of leaders of this group learned by kind of uh, interviewing people, talking to people, understanding more about the people in the Pride ERG, was that about half of the Pride ERG were actually what we called straight allies. So they were straight in themselves. And, you know, they wanted to join the group in order to understand more about what they could do to help support the their colleagues uh, and the LGBTQ community. And what they heard from people was, well, we don't really know how to support our colleagues. And, and you know, the, what, what can we do to help? So when the when they kind of heard that problem, what they really did was go away and look at, you know, what what ideas could we find? They went broad. They generated loads of ideas. These came up from anything from getting some external speakers in, doing some storytelling, creating some case studies, just creating a safe space. Now, what they what they really identified was one kind of key idea they wanted to take forward, which was something around called ally training. So in Intuit, we all have a badge network, which is a way of kind of every time you search for somebody within our kind of corporate directory, you get a nice badge, which tells you something that they've achieved. And so what they looked to do is create some ally training, which gave people a badge once they'd gone through this training to understand the kind of different levels. So we had a bronze training, a silver and a, and a kind of gold training level. So they started out, they created a 20 minute training program for allies. It was an on-demand training delivered through our kind of computer-based learning. So relatively easy to do. Um, and when somebody did that and completed that, they got that kind of bronze training badge and that showed up as a, a kind of an ally on uh, on our People Finder uh, program on the internet. So that kind of went pretty well. Um, people loved that. And then that led to them kind of creating these silver and gold options. And that really helped them to kind of create extra awareness and help those kind of allies feel even more connected to the uh, to the group of people there that they were working with. That's really good. Uh, I just love the fact that you, you, you went broad and you managed to incorporate some gamification into that as well to really to really embed that that training and learning. So how do you think that greater inclusivity at Intuit QuickBooks will enable your your organization to grow? Because the business that I've created is, is based on a fundamental belief that the more diverse and the more inclusive an organization is, the, the better it's able to, to grow and, and the more resilient it is. So how does that apply for your for your business? Yeah, so um, QuickBooks itself is a product that has over three and a half million customers worldwide. But in Intuit, we serve over over fifty million customers through through our different products. So, I think what it boils down to is that you know that that wide variety of customers means we have an extremely diverse customer base. And if we aren't able to empathise with that customer base, then we're just not going to be able to create a product that that kind of delivers what they what they need. So I think, you know, greater inclusivity really is just it's just something that has to be there. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to create a product that works for, for everybody. Perhaps another example of this would be, you know, our focus on things like accessibility of software. Our software wouldn't be usable by people with disabilities if we didn't have the accessibility, accessible nature there. So we did a, a workshop a few uh, 
a few weeks ago where one of our, uh, um, our accessibility lead came over from the US and we brought in a, um, a blind customer to um, actually stand at the front of the room and show us how he used the software. And one of the recent changes we put into the software in the UK was, was some new changes in the software in um, VAT that meant that people had to use software to submit their VAT submissions. And he went through this process and he showed us how it was actually quite frustrating and actually quite difficult for him to, to do that. So immediately following that, that led us to kind of make that process much more accessible and gave the, gave the developers much more empathy for, for blind customers and what the problems they were going through when using that software. So, uh, you know, clearly if we hadn't done that, we'd have been missing out on a massive proportion of people in the world who could use, who could use our software and, and, you know, our, our mission at Intuit is to power prosperity around the world. And that's not power prosperity in one country. and It's not power prosperity in certain demographics. That's the whole world and the whole world is diverse. So we just need to support that. Yeah, I, I love what you've said about accessibility because uh, I work with an organization that specializes in digital accessibility, ad advising businesses how to create digital products, websites, apps, and things like that. And the guy that runs the agency talks about the, the different levels of impairment. So um, somebody could be born with a, a disability like myself. I've got, I've got a mobility impairment that I was born with, but somebody could be situationally impaired. They could have gone skiing, for example, and broken their arm, and therefore they find it difficult to, to type emails, and, and then they they rely on um, speech-to-text software for a, a short while. So it's it's such a, a key key point to make sure that we build uh, accessible and inclusive products. Thank you for that. Thanks. No problem. So if we want to learn more about your Design for Delight process and principles, where, where can we get more information? Yes, yeah, certainly. So we, we make it all public on a website called intuitlabs.com. So just please visit there, have a look around. You'll read about both um, our D4D process and our CDI, Customer Driven Innovation process. Um, and hopefully that can give you enough tools and tips to uh, to help. But more than happy for people to reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. I'd love to connect with others who've got, got questions in that area. Excellent. Well, thank you ever so much, Ben, for joining me on this episode of the Inclusive Growth Show. And um, please tune in again for one of our upcoming episodes where we talk uh, a lot more about inclusion in the workplace and how we can really hardwire this into our businesses so that they are able to grow. Again, thank you very much for, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Toby. Thank you for listening to the Inclusive Growth Show. For further information and resources from Toby and his team, head on over to our website at milden.co.uk